This is exactly right. I'm Kate Winkler Dawson, a journalist, author, and podcast host. And I'm Paul Holes, a retired investigator with experience solving some of America's most notorious cold cases. Together, we host Buried Bones, a historical true crime podcast on the Exactly Right Network. Each week, we examine a different case from history and use our years of experience and 21st century forensics to bring new insights into these very old tragedies. Like the time the Sausage King of Chicago's wife went missing in 1897. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Follow Buried Bones wherever you get your podcasts. What's that at the foot of my bed? It's spooky and kooky. I'm pretty sure it's dead. It's coming this way. Wait a minute. Hey, I'm ghosted. By Roz Hey, boo. It's me, Roz. Oh, God, what a week. (laughs) Yeah, it's still Halloween time, technically. And I know there's like so many, so many way more important things than Halloween to focus on. But, you know, this podcast for me is a little bit of a break from the craziness in the world. And I hope I hope I can provide that to you as well. But are you wearing a mask? You washing your hands? It is still Halloween, and I think it's a good thing to take our minds off of politics and a pandemic, and even if it's just for like an hour. And then you go back to fighting the good fight. I just cannot. I'm reading the news way too much, and I, I know that that will make me go crazy. So thank you guys for tuning in, and... How's everybody in the other countries around the world? You good? You good? (laughs) Anyway, I am so happy to hear how much you guys enjoyed last week's episode with R.H. Stavis. I I knew you guys would, and I'm, I'm so happy you did. And again, today is a conclusion of our conversation, the first conversation we've ever had. I hope to have many, many more with her. And as always, we have a Patreon clip this week. Last week's was from her episode where uh, she told a very scary story. And this week I asked her about haunted dolls and she had some thoughts. She had some opinions about uh, particularly the Annabelle doll which is a very it's very interesting to hear from from her standpoint because of course Annabelle was made famous by the iconic demonologists the Warrens and she has a, a very different take than they do I'll just say that so go to patreon.com/rosdresfelez to listen to that clip and to keep in the doll theme this week I also put up another video of uh, Chucky or just Yucky, where I go to eBay and look at haunted dolls and give my takes on them. I'm also working on a new series that I hope you really enjoy. I'll start putting those videos up next week on Patreon. I think you'd especially enjoy it if you don't live in Los Angeles, but you might if you live here as well. 
it's um, me going to different spooky places. So it's mainly horror movie locations, like filming locations, and allegedly haunted places that have either been talked about on this podcast or are just general knowledge. And there's a couple of other, you know, like kind of murder but i'm not like a big murder person as i've said before in the show but there's there's some places that have paranormal connections and so i included those in there as well but so that will be up next tuesday and then i'll keep doing those i had a lot of i had a lot of fun rocky and i drove around and uh and i thought it was fun i like being a tour guide did you guys hear that they got some pretty interesting evidence of the Loch Ness monster recently. I mean, I don't know if you if you would have heard that or why you would. There's like <laughs> the news cycle is just insane these days. But I found uh this article that actually a lot of people sent to me that was posted on the Sun and it was uh not like the Sun the Sun, but you know, like the the new the UK uh, tabloid the sun you're like oh god Roz has officially lost it <laughs> i saw the likeness monster flying around on the sun no like the sun like it's you can like go to the website it's like the sun.co.uk it's like a, it's a website it's a tablet you know the sun the sun it was posted on october 6th i don't talk about cryptids a whole lot on this show. I guess, I mean, I know that they're a big part of the paranormal and I, I love, I'm, I'm very fascinated by them. You know, we're talking cryptid creatures like, like Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot or a Chupacabra. Like those, those to me just kind of seem like undiscovered animals. You know, it, I think all animals are kind of like cryptid creatures until we study them and, and learn more about them. I mean, t- did you see the the documentary about octopuses or the octopus on Netflix? Like that to me is, that's an alien. But the unknown aspect is what I think is so compelling. I was looking into Bigfoot a bit recently and I was watching that really famous, you know, the, the clip that everyone knows, the Patterson-Gimlin tape, which was I think it was 1967 in Northern California. And these two men captured footage of Bigfoot. And it's been a long time since I've watched it. And I was watching it the other day. And I'm just, I'm mad that people don't talk more about what was her hair care regimen. That was some Garnier Fructis or something. She is looking shiny and snatched. And she's curvy. She's she's honestly gorgeous. She's just trying to go for a walk in the woods. And I was living because, you know, I have dark hair as well. And sometimes it's hard to make it shine like that. So I, if I'm the only one that's ever said that, uh, I hope that that's something that people can also recognize. And I'm a lady with big feet that likes to be left alone. Okay, anyway, I could keep going on and on. Back to the Loch Ness Monster. Okay, so <laughs> according to The Sun... This uh, headline is something down there. A Loch Ness monster hunter thinks he has caught a sonar image of the beast, giving the, quote, most compelling evidence the creature really does exist. 
The image was caught by Cruise Loch Ness director Ronald McKenzie while he was skippering a catamaran on Wednesday afternoon. That is a fun thing to say. He was skippering a catamaran. If the image is correct, it could mean that Nessie is around 33 feet long, although an expert said it could be just a shoal of fish. In this article, they talk about... um, you know, basically what you're looking at in the image, I would definitely encourage you to go check it out if you're interested, because there is this, I mean, I haven't, I can't say I've looked at many sonar images in my lifetime. I can't say I've skippered too many catamarans in my lifetime, but it looks like there's something. Says it was about 558 feet down. They talked to a sonar expert named Craig Wallace, and he said that the image is 100% genuine. But the Marine Robotics Senior Application Specialist added, I do believe large sturgeon do enter Loch Ness. It may be a sturgeon or a small shoal of fish. Okay, well, he sounds like fun. And then it says that there's been, of course, countless sightings, but no Hard proof has ever come to light. If ever there was a year that she would poke her head up just to see what's going on and then go back down and be like, no, I'm good. Uh, I think this would be the year. So I'm rooting for you, Nessie. I got my eyes on you, girl. Okay, so let's talk more with R.H. Davis. And oh, I was just remembering. Okay, we also talk about the Cecil Hotel on this episode. And I explain it a little bit if you don't know what it is. It's it's very dark and depressing, to be honest, but it's also very fascinating. It's this old hotel where terrible things have happened decade after decade. It's, um, you know, I'll, I'll be repeating myself very shortly, so I don't want to get into it too much, but I'll tell you in the outro of this episode about my the one time I went in there. Okay, so here is part two of my conversation with R.H. Stavis. On with the show. Can we talk about the Cecil Hotel? Yes. Okay, I have been very fascinated by the Cecil for a while. We've talked about it a little bit on this show. And, um, you know, for people that don't know, it's this historic hotel in downtown Los Angeles where nothing but bad things have happened for decade after decade. Crazy shit. Crazy shit. (laughs) I mean, I believe it was the inspiration of uh, Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story, right? The hotel one. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, the probably the most famous recent-ish thing was the girl and Elisa Lamb in the water tank um, that was found yeah. there. No one knows how. The video came out. It looks like there's she's talking to someone, and somehow yeah. she got up there. So what's going on there uh, in your uh, through your lens? Well, that is one of the spaces, and I, you know, I'm very open and honest about this. That is one of the spaces on earth that is held by a realm walker, that particular space. And not just that hotel. I mean, that's, that is the epicenter, but if you look at what's around that hotel, you can see it's just spreading and spreading and spreading because it's a a very dark energy space um, all around that, that whole area of downtown. Um, But yeah, there's a realm walker that has controlled that space since before the hotel existed and has used its influence to bring in as many 
I mean, murderers, suicides, rapes, all kinds of things have happened there um, to just exert that power and feed off of everything and everyone that comes through. And now have you been in it? Um, I, <laughs> I have been around it. I won't step foot in it until they let me exercise it. Right. Well, can, can you talk about when you were, uh, encountering, like there was some homeless guy, I believe that was like yelling at you and yes. So this is the problem with stepping into that hotel because <laughs> this Realm Walker and I, we know each other mm. at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? So in going into the hotel in and of itself, um, I I have to be prepared for it. It's uh, a very large hotel. Like for people who don't know, it's a very, very big building. Um, hundreds and hundreds of rooms. It's massive. And once you start you know, exercising something out, you cannot stop. So there's a whole lot of things that have to be like a lot of moving parts, let's just say to get that done. So um, many years ago now, that that particular Realm Walker and I um, ended up on each other's radar through a lot of weird coincidences. And I don't like going to that part of downtown at all. It makes me nauseous. Um, it's, I'm very sensitive to that energy. Um, it, it's very dark. And when I do go to that area of downtown, weird things happen. And I will sometimes have um, not just one, but many homeless people as I'm walking. Cause you know, it's downtown, right? So you, where you park and, and to get to something, you have to walk. I mean, it's not just right there. And it's right next to Skid Row. Yes. Yes. So there's a lot of people, a lot of people out. So in order to get from like where you park to the couple of blocks, you know, to where you have to go, you are walking out on the street. And I have had like three or four people at once come up to me and say, he knows you'll never be able to stop him. Uh, they'll tell me things about myself you know, my, like my name, my middle name, things I'm working on because it wants me to know that it knows. And this will happen with strangers one after the other, as I walk for literally two blocks. And one time, another time, and this happens fairly often. And one time I was walking, I wasn't even downtown. I was talking about it on the phone to somebody I was talking about, well, I can't wait to get in there. And here's the million things we're doing to try and make that happen. I'm walking. This was in Pasadena, so far, uh, not too far, but far enough away um, from the hotel. And I'm walking just down the street in normal open daylight time. And I'm talking about it on the phone. And as I'm talking, a dove falls from the sky dead at my feet. Oh, God. So these things happen. These things are real. I don't want to scare people. There are things you can do to protect yourself. Certainly a realm walker is not interested in, and let me say this too, so people don't freak out. Realm walkers are not interested in attaching to people who are not major world changers. Mm. So unlike you see in movies where they're like in the middle of, you know, uh, the farm and they're attaching to this girl and they're just screwing with the whole family until the girl dies. It doesn't really happen. The only time that that would happen is if that girl were to grow up and do something major to tip the scales. So it attaches to people like that, but then also 
it can attach to a hotel? Yes. This is one of those things that can do whatever it wants. Okay. And it so, so it can leave the hotel. It can, yes. Okay. It likes big spaces because it can feed off multiple people at once, which is why, you know, Elisa Lamb's surrounding her death was so confusing for people because it can also change minds. It can influence people unconscious. It can go through all kinds of things. So how do people protect themselves? <laughs> well, there's a lot of stuff you can do. So first of all, don't change the world. No, <laughs> no, do change the world. Do change the world. <laughs> um, but one of the things that we can do for sure is start working within. And these are very cliched things I'm saying, very cliched things, but they are actually cliche for a reason because they work. Um, you know, working on our self dialogue is the first step. How do we talk to ourselves? You know, what is the outer reflection of that in the world around us? How are we treating others? You know, are we carrying a lot of hatred? If we're carrying a lot of hatred, it's time to learn how to release that. Whatever that means doesn't mean, you know, if you've had trauma and someone else has caused that trauma, I'm not advocating that you go peace, love, and light to them. I'm just saying we work on it with us. You know what I mean? Um, how are we relating to others? How are we treating people? How are we treating the smallest of creatures on this planet? What are we doing that's selfless? How are we giving back? All of those things raise your vibration. Just starting to think about your place on the planet starts raising your frequency. Learning how to accept and be open to spirit, you know, messages, uh, repeating numbers, patterns, synchronicities, all of these things are messages that are coming in for people. And I tell people, you know, the funny thing about high beings like spirit guides, angels, whatever, however you, you know, want to call them, is that they respect your free will. So they won't start actually pushing to work with you until you're ready, until you say, I, okay, I, you know, take the wheel. <laughs> I'm ready for you to come in. I want to talk to you. I want to know that I'm, I'm not alone on this planet. I want to hear your messages. I'm, I'm open and grateful to receive. And that's when they start, you know? And people often too, and maybe you guys have talked about this before, but I get these messages all the time where people are like, oh my God, if I do that, aren't I also opening myself to like very bad stuff? And the reality is no, because entities do not give a shit about your free will. They'd rather you be unconscious and they go in when they want. Mm -hmm. I beings are the only ones who respect you. So I tell people, listen, if the low beings are going to try you anyway, why not let the high beings help? <laughs> right? Got it. Okay. It can only help. You know, the, the people who are um, extremely religious who send me death threats completely disagree, but that's okay because that's <laughs> not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that's a, it's a, probably a good way to get people to stop being assholes, just to be like, a demon will get you. You better start being nice to people. It's so true. It's like, honestly, people say, you know, oh, I don't believe in that, which is fine. I'm not a church. I'm not trying to convert you. Like, believe it or don't believe it. It doesn't matter to me. But I am saying to you that even if you don't believe in them, they sure believe in you. Got it. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> So why not, you know, be, be as good as he can at this point? <laughs> yeah. Well, what is your thoughts on 2020? I feel like people, there's probably a lot of low frequency going on. 
Yes. And I mean, I don't remember where in the book I discussed this, but I did talk about 2020. It might be very much in the end. Um, but this was a year of massive shift. And, and anyone who was in kind of the, let's call it the spiritual business, um, you know, have been talking about 2020 for a long time. And what a great difference this year will make for people. And yes, there there is entity all over town, let's call it, um, all over the place. There There is a lot of darkness kind of coming and pushing to the surface and trying to take hold. Um, there's a lot of hatred and violence, and that's what all of these things feed off of. So it's like a, you know, a buffet going on <laughs> right now. But at the same time, all of these things are coming to the surface being revealed, you know, all of the hypocrisy, all of the hatred, all of these things are are coming to the surface for everyone to see very clearly. And it is about what do we do? You know, what are we doing to change that? What are we doing to combat that in ourselves and for others? And I think this is really a, a crucial time for us to make really positive changes, which could last us forever. I mean, it's a major, major shift. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you want to hear some ghost voices? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. EVPs or EV please. You know what that reminds me of too? You remember White Noise? Did you ever see that movie? Um, no, I never have. Oh, you got to watch it. It's all about EVPs. Okay. I feel like I vaguely... Was this an early 2000s movie or am I making that up? Yeah, I think it's Michael Keaton. I want to say. Yes. My memory. Okay. I vaguely remember. The spooky season. You got to get on it. (laughs) This one is from Battle Park West on YouTube. And I couldn't find out exactly where they caught this, but it's in a cemetery. Okay. And I always want to... Uh, give these people the benefit of the doubt because it's it's kind of hard to it's easier when we do this in the studio but um, I'm gonna try to play it and uh, tell me what you might hear I'll play it again for you (laughs) okay do you hear any words oh my god it's saying something it sounds like a little baby voice I know wait let me try one more time Oh, it's hard to hear computer to computer. No. <laughs> um, but it sounds like something like, are you mine or is it mine? I'll give you some, like here's some options. It's one of these ABC. Okay. Is it A, <laughs> give me your soul? Is it B, <laughs> leave me alone? C, <laughs> feed me a scone? Or D, <laughs> Phoebe from Friends? Okay. <laughs> um, it has to be D, but I'm going to say B. <laughs> uh, leave me alone. Yeah. Yes, that's what it is. And I actually oh. can kind of hear it. Let me try it again. Okay. And now I might. Let's see. Oh, yeah. You can. It's hear like it, a actually. shaky. It's kind of like a like a Paul Lind voice. Like it's like a like a leave me alone. Like it's like or like <laughs> yes, Catherine Hepburn or something. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you can hear it better on YouTube. So go to Battle Park West. Um, okay, this here's one more, and okay. this one is from Dark Nights with a K, Paranormal, and this is at the D-Day tunnels in Portsmouth, UK. Okay. 
Ooh. It's more whispery, kind of. Um, yeah. Here, I'll do it again. That's so interesting. Any guesses? It sounds like sort of oratory. <laughs> like a speech. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, here, I'll give you some options. Okay. Is it A, I am done, bitch. <laughs> B, I hate the devil. C, I am the devil. Or D, I am Deborah. Gosh, it sounds like C. I know. That's what they think. It's I am the devil. I When I heard it, wait, I heard something that sounds like I'm not the devil or I hate the devil. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of a preacher. Oh, yeah. It does kind of sound like Doesn't someone it? speaking to an audience or something. It feels like a like an imprint. You know, I'm sure you guys have talked about imprints. Yeah. Times doesn't that seem like an imprint that it's like somebody speaking to a mass of people like churchy? Yeah, it could be. Well, when somebody says that they're the devil, I mean, again, that's what I'm. I've always been kind of trying to get my head around, but I think you've cleared this up for me from your book. So, do these entities sort of know what we're afraid of or know what we view as bad? I kind of already asked you this, but is that? In like in that example, for example, if if someone's saying I am the devil, is that kind of what you believe is going on there? Yeah, I mean, they definitely can pull from your brain, um, as weird as that sounds, uh, but it is true. So, like, that's how tricksters actually do the positive working on you is by pulling something that you want, need, or trust from your own brain. Right. So, like. For example, if you come to me with a trickster and you're like, okay, this is Archangel Michael. I've had Archangel Michael with me for the, my whole life, and but my life sucks and I'm not sure this is Archangel Michael anymore. And then we pull it out. Let's say it's gone, poof, goodbye. Um, and I destroy them. I don't let them back out into the world. So uh, at this point, I used to do it. It was a bad story. So now I don't. Uh, so then you could technically come back a month later and be like, oh, Archangel Michael is back. Actually, that's not the same trickster, but it's pulling the same thing mm -hmm. so that it can convince you it is and continue doing the work. When you would let them out in the wild, did you encounter the same one again? Yeah, that was really the problem. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, we meet I again. Like, you again. <laughs> I want to see you again. Like there's plenty of you. Oh God. <laughs> yes, this is a real mess. <laughs> you, with, the, with you not doing this stuff so much right now, is that, is, has that been a really good thing for you? I imagine it's, it seems like it's very exhausting and taxing. So is that... Yeah, I mean, it's super exhausting. And, you know, on on a totally different note, um, I have a lot of projects that are coming really soon that I've, I've been able to focus on and work on and actually get done. Great. <laughs> uh, so that's good. That was good news. And um, yeah, it, it, it can be very draining um, to do the work. But at the same time, it's also extremely rewarding because, you know, you're helping people. And helping people and ridding the planet even though it's one at a time and sometimes feels very overwhelming is still helping a person at a time that's beautiful it really is um so if when you're you know doing this stuff more how, how can people 
get in contact? I mean, do you have like, do you usually have like a long waiting list or how does that, how does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. I usually do. And people get frustrated <laughs> because sometimes it takes months to get back to emails. Um, but the, the easiest way, honestly, is just to check out the Instagram. Cause that's where I'm most, I'm most on, like, I, I don't really use the, you know, like my Twitter or anything that much because it's just kind of a dark hole on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it really is like a depressing place. Yeah. So Instagram is nice because you can have pictures of dogs and, and food. Um, so that's kind of where I, I'm on most of the time. And I like to help people, even if I can't see you in person, you know, I do post tips on, on how to raise vibration. I do do ask me anything's uh, very frequently. I sometimes do lives. So at worst, you can get information from there <laughs> as to what you can do independently until you could potentially see me. I want an exorcism from you. I don't know if I have. Can you tell through podcasts if somebody <laughs> has something attached to them? Well, here's what I'll say. I will say this. Most people, and this is an unfortunate thing to say, but it's true. Most people have been through a lot of trauma. And trauma in and of itself sets off its own frequency. So if you are at a six and you're riding high and everything's great and you're holding on to something that's emitting a two, we still should take the two out. So when people come to me with low, with low frequency trauma and entity, I don't just remove the entity. I have to remove that trauma mm. so that you're not emitting that anymore. So I would say, you know, let's, uh, let's take a look at some trauma. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, do you encounter a lot of situations or does it happen where you're doing this to someone and then it's, there's more, you know, clinical issues going on that, that you can't help or how does that happen? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, like, you know, mental illness, people always say mental illness and entity are two different things. And that's not necessarily true because if you look at the cases here, if it's low frequency and you are suffering from mental illness, you could also unfortunately attract entity that they go hand in hand. There's nothing that says differently. Also same with physical illness. You know, sometimes you can have spiritual illness that manifests in the body and be physical illness. Sometimes you can have something that just exacerbates physical illness. So we can take out the thing that's making it worse, but certainly not all, you know, if you have physical illness, you have physical illness. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of, as weird as this sounds, a, a holistic approach. <laughs> yeah. Because well, it's it almost seems in some ways, and that you kind of touch on this, like there's there's parallels to like Reiki a little bit, right? Or energy work in that in that sense. I mean, sure. Like I wouldn't, I would never call myself an energy worker because I don't believe that's exactly what I do. I think what I do is extremely specific. I don't do anything else but this, you know what I mean? And back in the day, a million years ago, you know, people have tried to offer me reality shows a hundred times over. And back in the day they were like, oh, why don't you call yourself something not an exorcist? <laughs> like, why don't you call yourself an energy healer? And I'm like, because that's not specific. I do this. People know when they hear this, this is what you get. I don't want to change what I call myself. I want people to change their perspective on what it actually is. Yes. Well, yeah. And you, that's yeah. what you really gather the more you listen, a person listens to you or reads your book is my original ideas of an exorcist is so, it's so far expanded because of the work you do. And I think that's great. I yeah. I really appreciate that because 
you know, there are a lot of people who have very high resistance to the word, the language, what I do, the dark side of things. There are a lot of people who are very afraid of all of those things. But the reality is this is part of life. You know, the darkness is part of the light. To be able to have light, you have to work through darkness. There's no way around that. That's why people who say they're working through stuff but never actually do don't ever change their lives because they are really not looking at that darkness and making changes. You have to go into that night of the soul, right, to be able to come out of it. It's the same with working with entity. You have to face it head on and not be afraid and work through it no matter what, to come out of it. Well, and that's where I really see a parallel from my own story with um, addiction and, you know, what you were saying about you have to be willing to do it and you have to face it head on. It's so true. And it's like, you know how you talk to people, you know, because I see people obviously of all kinds for all kinds of things. And you talk to people and they're just like, I don't know why nothing will change. And you keep saying, here's what you have to do (laughs) in order to do it. You have to do the work to make change. Like we can make you clean and fresh and ready to make the change, but you have to continue that journey on your own in order to stay clean, in order to stay well, in order to keep moving upward. That's your job for yourself. And there are so many people who are like, nope, that's too scary. And then come back and are like, well, this didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a daily practice. It is. It's a daily practice. You know, you can't just talk the talk. You got to walk that walk. Well, so many people are just so comfortable in the darkness or, you know, I, especially with the way the world is right now, it's it's very easy to fall into that trap. You know, I think, um, it is. but it's it ultimately, what is that doing for yourself? I mean, exactly. And like you were saying right now, that's a trap. Mm-hmm. You know, that is a trap. What you're seeing as believing, that's a trap. You have all of the power inside of you to create the life that you want, to create the world that you want, to bring in everything good in your life. All you have to do is believe it and start. If you wanted to be one of those spiritual gurus, you would be real good at it. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't. That's the thing. It's like, don't believe me if I'm a spiritual <laughs> guru. <laughs> You know, every, but this is the thing. We are all, we all have this. We all have it. Every single person. I can't tell you how many people have come to me. I I mean, I have, you know, just real quickly. I had one client who came to me uh, via Skype and it was just a communication kind of like we're doing now, but specific to what his needs were. And, you know, I said, listen, he, like he had, you know, I, he was with this particular woman and wasn't finding a job and, you know, everything was so messy. Okay. I said, listen, okay, here's what is happening in your life. Here's why, here's where your frequency is at. Let's, let's take control. I'm going to tell you like, here's the 8,000 things that I want you to try start doing. And I'm telling you, if you start doing this, this will change your life. And so he was like, okay, I'm not sure that will do it, but I'm going to try, right? I was like, fair enough. (laughs) So he starts doing it. Meanwhile, a year later, he schedules another appointment. I end up seeing him again. And this entire thing was just to tell me that he did the work. He continued to do the work after the amount of time, because I always tell people to do it for 30 days to give it a real try. He continued to do it for the entire year, ended up with someone completely different, got his dream job, was able to communicate with spirit so clearly that one day when he was walking home from work, because apparently he could walk, 
he heard spirit in his ear, which is something that we teach, something that you can open up your lines of communication for. He heard spirit say, I want you to walk the other way. And he said, if I had ever heard that in my brain before, I would have dismissed it as a thought. I would have said no. I would have been like, you're crazy. And he's like, but I knew better. And I turned around and he ran into someone he hadn't seen in 20 years. Mm. Because he listened. I usually, I think, I always look at that as intuition. Um, That's fine. That's fine. Whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's the voice. Yeah. I listen to it and I, and I encourage people to all the time. Exactly. And that's also how we start mediumship, which people are afraid to do too. But it's like, if you feel like you could talk to deceased people, which again, I say everybody can just at varying degrees. It's like, the first thing you have to do is start trusting. You have to start trusting what you receive. And that is the hardest thing for people to do is trust. When I think that like with red flags, like people ignore red flags. And yes. and what one thing that I've learned from my life is I've learned, okay, if I start seeing like with dating, oh, if I know that this person is going to be doing this thing on the second date, if I keep ignoring it, it's going to turn into a real problem in a couple of weeks. And I've already learned that lesson that now I feel like I um, am in tune to that. And I, and I, I feel like I encounter so many friends where I'm like, you can't, you can't, uh, ignore that the signal that goes off, you know, you have to listen to yourself and know what you you want and what you don't want. I think it comes down to self-esteem as well. It so does. It really does. And that's where people, I say like so many people will ignore such, such bad shit when it comes to being with someone. And it makes me want to scream. <laughs> like, I'm just like, ah, oh, don't, don't do that because you are worthy you do deserve someone who treats you with respect and love and communication and all these things. And you know what? I wish there were more people who love themselves enough who would say, all this is shit. I don't want any of this. I might not know what's good for me yet. I'm going to take some time and be alone. I'm going to love myself enough to get to know me, to not settle, to not be mediocre and to get exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, it's a matter of like, looking outside like I think looking at the big picture is a big part of that too I think sometimes people are so caught up in the moment and they're not really looking outside of themselves or looking above I always look at it as I look above myself at where uh where the next the next frames in the uh storyboard are that's so true. And it's like, how many people are just like, well, this is fine for now. But you are also saying, wait a minute, you're also saying five years from now, you'd like to be married and this and that or whatever, whatever your goals are, but you're actually not doing that at all. Okay. Do you think that me having fun with, with, well, it's usually ghosts, but I try to stay away from dark stuff, but having fun with it when I joke, is that, is that causing problems? Is that attracting no ghosts are good but what about with dark energies i mean you might come across like a crotchety ghost (laughs) who doesn't love it but i mean they're very harmless like deceased people really they're not entity like they they can be annoying like i say they can throw things they can have tantrum they might be able to speak like you might be able to hear them but they just really can't harm you in the way that an entity can but they can just express their you know unhappy feelings but what about when i'm like joking about entity i feel like it's not really something to joke about 
I do. I do all the time okay. and I see them and take them out of people. <laughs> like you have to. What are you gonna do? Just be sad all the time? No. Yeah. Well if <laughs> No, and you're taking your power back when you do that, right? That's what I think. That's what you're doing. And like I don't know if this is appropriate to say on here, but what I tell people to do all the time, including children, which is in the book, is if you feel this thing coming, like you know, after we've worked on on stuff, or if you, you know, are, are feeling kind of off in the car or feeling whatever, whatever. I tell people to clearly scream, fuck off. Yes, I love that part. <laughs> because you are owning your power and doing that. By doing that, you're instantly raising your vibration and you're acknowledging that this is not you and you are aware. And is that the meaning behind the, like, is it the conviction of saying fuck? Yeah. Like what that means to us humans is such a powerful word and that's what it is. <laughs> Exactly. And telling a child to say that, though they're not parents are not always happy about that, <laughs> is double that. You know what I mean? Because they're not allowed to say that. So that's a whole other thing. It's about taking your power back. Oh, so cool. Okay, we need to wrap this up. Um, <laughs> I hope that everybody reads your book. I'm definitely going to be talking about your book and like the intro and outro of this podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Of course. Um, and I did, um, I just, I have a story, a cover story in this month's Cosmo, in <gasps> October Cosmo. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> What's it about? Or can you hint at what it is? Uh, it was about um, someone who came to me who wanted to exercise uh, her past relationship. Oh my God, that's very Cosmo. I love it. <laughs> it <is>. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. She is so cool. And I hope you go check out her book, Sister of Darkness, and follow her on Instagram at RH Davis. And she's a great follow. And uh, I'm so glad that she came on. Okay, I wanted to tell you about the time I went to the Cecil. So if you don't live in LA, the Cecil, it's not like, it's not like one of those swanky hotels. It's not like um, Chateau Marmont or the Standard or the Roosevelt. It's not like a place you hang out at at all. But this one night I was, for some reason, I was downtown. Maybe I was working at a club or something. And I was with my friend. I knew what it was because I, everyone knew about the water tank story. And we had seen the video. And I was like let's just try to go in. Let's just see what would happen if we just went in. So we, we were able to park like right in front. It was, this was like a weeknight and we just like went in and nobody cared. And I just kind of wanted to see what it was. Honestly, I was just very curious. We went in and we went in the elevator and we went to maybe the top floor and just kind of walked around the hallways. And then eventually security did come up and be like, where's your room key? And we were all, uh, <laughs> What's that behind you? And then just, you know, vanished. But I'll just say that the energy was, it was dark. I mean, I, now of course I did have the knowledge of what that place was in the back of my head. So that could inform the way I felt, but I just didn't like it in there at all. And uh, I hope to never go back in there, to be honest, <sighs> but a very fascinating place. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. And um, as always, hopefully there's other people out there that are looking for things to get their mind off of uh, the world. So uh, please keep telling people about the show. 
And uh, as always, please rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you rate shows five stars. It really helps out. Join the Patreon to hear that bonus clip with Rachel this week where she talks about haunted dolls and Annabelle and her thoughts on that by going to patreon.com slash Roz There's also a link in the description of this episode. I'm on Instagram at Roz Join our Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz It's a great place to share your stories or email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Starbanks Avenue, a podcast network.